0: Thanks to our sponsor, District 31 Toastmasters. District 31 helps Toastmasters clubs in Eastern Massachusetts and Rhode Island become where leaders are made. Learn how District 31 Toastmasters can help you become a more powerful speaker and impactful leader by visiting district31.org talkingtoastmasters Talking Toastmasters. Welcome to Talking Toastmasters with Angela Nuss. Talking Toastmasters is a podcast all about Toastmasters members and how Toastmasters impacts their lives. You can find the Talking Toastmasters podcast at ambiguouspodcastsolutions.com or anywhere you listen to podcasts. This show is hosted and produced by Ambiguous Podcast Solutions. Welcome to Talking Toastmasters with Angela us. Welcome, Jay Karthik of Needham Mass to Talking Toastmasters. Welcome, Jay.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Angela us. Nice. Thanks for having me.
0: You're quite welcome. I appreciate you joining me today. I'm very excited for one of the topics we're going to discuss. But first, let's start at the beginning and how you found Toastmasters why you joined, what club Absol- you're
1: in. Absolutely, Angela. I was an engineer for the longest time, and then I decided to take on a sales shop. And that's when I realized I wasn't ready for it. This town was Rutherford, New Jersey, where I was selling to customers in central New Jersey. And I immediately felt the need to join a Toastmasters. And I came across this club, Rutherford Toastmasters, and I joined them, of course, super nervous, didn't want to say much. But then I started getting with the program and I realized how Toastmasters can help me be successful in my day job. A lot of things that pertain to what somebody needs in a corporate job, Toastmasters was already building it into their curriculum. Things like managing time, active listening, being able to think on our feet extemporaneously, because you never know when you've got to give that evaluator, I should say the... Elevator pitch and uh, talking of evaluation, that's another key thing too because we want to be able to give feedback to our colleagues and not put them down, and it has got to be done in a very diplomatic fashion. So, all of these and more really got me hooked to Toastmasters, and I'm nearly coming up on a decade now, Angela.
0: Oh my word! So, what year did you join?
1: I joined the year 2012,
0: yeah, that's awesome,
1: yeah, exactly. I took a brief pause, but yeah pretty close to being um, on a decade now.
0: That's amazing. So what's been your favorite part of being in Toastmasters since you've been in Toastmasters for a decade?
1: Um, Yeah, one of the things that I see people do is plan meetings and get the agenda and schedule and everything. And Because we are good at just making things happen on the fly, I like to be the Toastmaster because I like to take on this role of being an MC all the time, anytime I get a chance. And I sometimes go in without even being fully prepared and I challenge myself. So if the Toastmaster suddenly gets caught in traffic or as a down day and they can't show up or whatever, I'm always ready to be there as the backup Toastmaster. And I like, like I said, the extra challenge of not being fully prepared because um, then I can give in all I got and still keep the meeting on track and make it interesting.
0: Love it. So the role of Toastmaster is to run the meeting, correct? Right. Okay. Kind of run the whole meeting, not the whole meeting, but a good chunk of the meeting.
1: Exactly. Like uh, they're the quarterback of the entire 90 minutes or whatever the duration the meeting is for. They pretty much keep everybody interested make sure time management is also taken care of. And everybody's feeling like they are being empowered, learning. I want to see You know, giggles and chuckles. So uh, it's one way to ensure that everybody's engaged too.
0: That's great. I love how you use the analogy of the quarterback and making sure time management. It's great to accentuate the skills that we use in these roles as a Toastmaster. Right, Angela. So now that you told us your favorite role, what's your most challenging role?
1: One of the most challenging roles is something that I still keep gravitating towards these days because I, I can feel like I get the most bang for the buck, uh, the table topics. I feel like I'm good with table topics oftentimes, but not at all times. And I feel like, here under the headlight sometimes when I do not understand what the question is, but it's okay because Toastmasters gives us flexibility to spin the question and take it in any which direction we would like, because after all, the question is more or less like an initiation when you're doing an improv scene. It doesn't matter what exactly the scene needs to be whatever comes to the mind of the improviser so in a similar fashion i get it that as a table topics response giver or uh, you know some somebody speaking to a question being thrown at us i felt like well let's do the best we can but within that same one to one and a half minute let's still bring all of the best practices of a normal speech where you try to have it structured with a good opening body as well as a summary And throughout those 90 seconds, let's see if we can throw some humor in there and get people to laugh, leave them with some facts that they perhaps already are not aware of. And stuff like that makes it challenging. And I try to keep doing that.
0: Oh, that sounds like fun. Do you have an example of a Table Topics question that you spun?
1: Sure. I was asked about something I had absolutely no clue about. And I basically told them, yeah, this is as much as Greek and Latin to me and how When I, in fact, took on my own uh, sales job, I wasn't super good at influencing people. I was more like an engineer and my bosses kept telling me, remove the engineer in you and you got to now project sales and be as aggressive as you can and stuff like that. And so I was able to take a question I just did not understand and I pretty much uh, drew a parallel to my day job where I had no clue what I was doing as well. And uh, yeah, it went well.
0: (laughs) That's great. I appreciate that. So, what clubs have you been in over the last decade?
1: Quite a few, Angela, and I've been a panel member at at least five different clubs. Um, you know, at the start of the pandemic, of course, the number of clubs I attended went up. But before pandemic, for the larger chunk of my Toastmasters time, I've been a member of Talk of Town in Newton, the Boston West in Needham, Watertown Saturday Toastmasters. And I've also spent a little bit of time at norwood toastmasters sun life tragic comedy you name it at one time i realized that i work late in the night and i want to have some toastmasters action just before i go to bed so i joined a club in the west coast this is district 101 and the club was improv masters and i was all about trying to get good at improv and if i'm not good at something i don't want to shy away from it i want to. Grab the bull by the horn and so I decided to do more of that and so this club used to meet seven to nine day time which is actually 10 to midnight our time but you know what I had so much fun with it and uh, yeah so at, some, uh, at any given time I've been at five or six club but now I've cut down on quite a bit and I'm only a member of one club that's primarily because the district has appointed me as the CLCon chair coming up in May. And I wanna give all of the cycles I have to make sure that CLCON, which actually stands for the Communication and Leadership Conference. This is something that District 31 does annually, much like other districts. And because I wanna put all of the effort I can find, any disposable time I can find to make this program a success, I've just scaled back on the number of clubs and I'm only focused on one club, Watertown Saturday Toastmasters that meet on the odd Saturdays of a month at 9 a.m.
0: Fantastic. Well, that's a great segue into the exciting topic of conversation today. You mentioned it already. So let's start with what is District 31 Toastmasters? And then we'll talk about CL Con in a second. I have a follow up question already queued up for you. Good
1: thing. Awesome. Angela, happy to talk about District 31. So when somebody looks at Toastmasters Club, the first thing that may come to their mind is the local chapter, the club a member is part of.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Typically, These clubs have anything between 15 to 25 at times 30 members. And we need to have an organizational structure to make sure that all of the clubs around the world get managed well. And how we do that is we take a handful of clubs, easily manageable,
0: mm-hmm.
1: club them together as an area. So four or five clubs form an area. And some of these areas put together, four or five areas form the division and a bunch of divisions, sometimes this could be as high as a dozen, but sometimes it could also be as, high as half a dozen and District 31 has an average of eight to nine divisions that make up the district that actually falls in the Eastern Massachusetts and the Rhode Island area. Once again, Eastern Massachusetts and Rhode Island, just to go over uh, the hierarchy, we have the clubs that make up the areas which make up the divisions that make the district. And that's where my focus stops. But of course, if somebody here is a seasoned Toastmaster, they'll realize that a bunch of districts would form the region and a bunch of regions form the worldwide Toastmasters, the Toastmasters International.
0: Well, thank you for that awesome overview. I appreciate that. And that gives our listeners a great visual as to the setup and what a district is and what District 31 is. So just to clarify, District 31 is basically the Worcester area east and to the ocean, (laughs) to the New Hampshire border and all of Rhode Island.
1: That is correct. Including Cape
0: Cod. (laughs) There are clubs on Cape Cod, believe it or not. Right. Awesome. So let's talk about CLCON. First, what is CLCON? What does does CLCON mean?
1: Absolutely. CLCON stands for Communications and Leadership Conference. And as you probably realize, Angela, Toastmasters is all about communication and leadership. Anything and everything we do at any level focuses on enabling our members and our youth leaders to be better communicators as well as leaders. And this conference, CLCON, that usually spans a few days, oftentimes one or two in-person days and a couple of hybrid days where we meet online, allows our members in the district and non-members who are considering joining Toastmasters to come together and celebrate Toastmasters in a way the agenda items are all about having interesting keynote speeches that have interactive speakers that actually engage with the audience. And that's the time of the year where we spend a few minutes to recognize the accomplishments of all of our Toastmasters in the district. Some of them may have achieved the Triple Crown or the Pathfinder Award. Others may have gotten their DTM for the first time. So we wanna spotlight and spend a few minutes on these leaders that have accomplished. And not just that, this is the time when we have the final of our contest as well. Every year, Toastmasters has two contests. One of them, is the international speech contest which basically puts the best in our district across to the region and the international contest level beyond the district but but at the district conference is where we realize who that person is going to be because the final comprises of eight or nine finalists from all of the division that happens during the conference but this is really the time where people can come together network because as they say networking is everything and i love going to CLCon, because it gives me an opportunity to hobnob with so many people in our division that we don't get to see oftentimes in our regular weekly or monthly meetings. So that's one aspect. But Angela, I want to slightly switch gear and talk about another personal thing that I particularly like um, at CLCon. All the CLCon, yeah, I've attended. The food has been great. They cater coffee throughout the day. And the swags I get, Stuff, we all get swag. That is something I really like as well. Some of the cool pens and t shirts and whatnot. So, all of these things, but really having people walk away smiling because they've met all of us, you know, or the rest of the members um, after a long, long time. And, uh, you know, they're happy to reconnect. Uh, all said and done. We're all social beings. And so we like to meet in person.
0: That's awesome. I love this overview that you gave. And it's interesting because whenever someone asks me what Toastmasters is, Mm-hmm. I say it's an international organization helping people become better communicators and leaders. Right. So I think CLCON Communication Leadership Conference is a perfect way for me to add on to that and saying our district hosts a communications and leadership conference every spring. So now right. I can add that to my repertoire when they ask what Toastmasters is. So tell us a little bit about what it's like to be at conference. And I know you, you and I have both been pre-COVID and during and after COVID. So um, and I know we're starting to bring the day, the in-person aspect back. So what are some of your favorite things about CLCon over the
1: years? Over the years, I've attended at least three, maybe four conferences, and every one of them is unique in their own ways, Angela. The very mm-hmm. first one I attended it had about 150 folks, and it was as big as one of the best of corporate events I've seen. We brought in some of the best keynote speakers and headliners. We flew them in, and the speaker made us all do some physical activity right off the bat. And he had us completely glued in. He kept us laughing, forcing us to come out of our comfort shell, lose our inhibitions, and all these interactive exercise, which also makes us all laugh because it's not like I'm being laughed at. We're all laughing at ourselves and having fun as we learn how to get rid of stage fright. And that was really the uh, key thing that the speaker uh, was trying to uh, convey, besides asking each and every one of us to implore and find our own brand. Finding our own brand is something that was such a powerful message which I learned at the CL Khan, And if I had missed the CLCON, I wouldn't have known about it. So you know, you never know when you're going to find that hidden gem that's going to help throughout your life. So I that is something I came across at the very first CL Con I attended. But just being with everybody, the gala, which happens in the evening, is also a fun forum where, you know, after a year's worth of success, we are able to let off some steam and dance and hobnob with everybody buy a few drinks from the bar out there. And it was good. I I, I don't want to promote drinks or anything, right? Like mocktail, people can have water, whatever they like, but get together with Toastmasters, Mm -hmm. buy a drink, non-alcoholic beverages, just as fine. And and just mingle with everybody And, and, Of course, during the COVID times, because of all of the restriction in place, we couldn't really have a gala. I so miss a gala, but still we had CL cons where either we meet online or, uh, you know, have a hybrid fashion uh, or hybrid themed meeting. Now, Mm -hmm. even during the online meetings, Angela, I've realized that having breakout rooms and trying to have gala virtually was still better than not having anything at all. And I remember I I was the education co-chair a few years ago, and we had more number of applicants than the number of speaking slots we had and we had to scramble and pick the best of speakers and boy oh boy we got some of these awesome speakers and this is also an opportunity for district 31 communicators if they want to step up and use this forum to show off what they've learned Mm -hmm. and be the ambassador of district 31 toastmasters they could also apply to be a speaker and guess what we oftentimes have speakers from our district too.
0: That's awesome. I love it. It's a great thing to aspire to as well, to know that you could become a speaker at CLCon. Um, I had a thought and then lost it as you were talking. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, oh, yes, I remember. Yep. For the virtual portion, what can people expect to see in general, and maybe even at this upcoming conference in 2023? Um, you know, what types of sessions can they expect to be able to choose from and attend if they want to?
1: Yeah, sure thing. Of course, attending a meeting online gives the audience members a flexibility of not having to commute or drive and, you know, they can wear their comfortable clothes. And what I've realized is while meeting in person has the best of experience one could get out of the speakers, The online setting is not all that bad. It's a nice compromise because like like I said, you you have the comfort of your home, but Mm -hmm. at the same time, the speakers, knowing this is the case, what they try to do is have all of the attendees unmute themselves, be on camera. So we are forced to seeing their faces. If I'm a speaker, I can see all of my audience members and I would engage with the audience members in such a way where I ask, questions, ask for a show of hands, and make them all repeat and do some exercise in unison. There was a coach uh, two years ago that basically wanted to get us all to be able to sound better when we speak. And the speaker asked all of us, in fact, had uh, said in the uh, prerequisites to come with a straw, a paper straw or a plastic straw that we Mm -hmm. use to have or beverages. So we brought that straw and all of us were forced to, uh, or I suggested to use the straw in a particular way, blow into it and create all kinds of noises. And she made it so interactive. And if I was the only one doing it, I would probably find it odd. But when I can see the whole set of audience on my screen, mm-hmm. 50 plus people on one screen, doing the same thing that I'm asked to do. I felt comfortable doing alongside them. And so these are all ways wherein even though it is an online setting and you don't get the best of experience like you would otherwise in an in-person setting, it's, a, it's still a welcome compromise and uh, you can get the benefit out of it.
0: That's a great way of looking at it. What can attendees expect at the daytime in-person event portion of the conference?
1: Sure think? We would start the day with, wait for it, good continental breakfast and coffee. As people are coming in, they would park the cars, they would walk in, they would get a bunch of swags, they would get their lanyard, the badge, make sure that they're registered and stuff like that. And they'll be shown a room where there is breakfast. And as soon as they grab breakfast, um, again, as they grab breakfast, they have an opportunity to mingle with folks, Mm -hmm. and the agenda posted everywhere that basically says how much time they have before the first session starts and where it is and how do they get to that venue and stuff like that would be clearly marked. So slowly and suddenly you would see folks converge at this big tent, which is where we're going to have the keynote speaker. And the keynote speakers usually have an improv exercise, a warm-up exercise to just get the crowd warmed up, the audience members warmed up, and they would have some interactive exercise. And would plunge in right to the keynote speech. And these keynote speeches are top-notch. We curate the list of speakers and get the best one that we think our District 31 members need. And as soon as the keynote speaker completes um, his or her portion, we would have another headliner who would also have a very similar theme or related topic. And here is where I wanna pass and introduce something that I haven't really mentioned. Every CLCon has a theme and I wanna share this year's theme because all of our speakers are pretty much gonna line their topics around this. Our theme for this year is all in. Mm-hmm. All in as in going the distance in investing in ourselves, our personal development. We are not gonna be wishy-washy. We're not gonna be limping in, but we're gonna be part committed to use another poker term. So that's basically it, all in is our theme. So the speakers, the keynote speaker, the headliners, they would all speak along the lines of all in. And, and of course we would have enough break and there'll be coffee throughout the day, gives people enough opportunity to walk into different breakout rooms and depending on the topics they like, they can pick and choose which sessions they would want after they complete the breakout session. I should say the big ten session, apologies. And then there's gonna be enough time built in for folks to take pictures there's going to be like a a picture booth and of course there are going to be professional photographers around and stuff like that as well some of our sponsors would have also set up either a table or booth where people can walk in and find out what uh, this particular bank or the sponsor is up to and you know again there are a few sponsors we've already won and i want to make sure uh, the content i have here is going to be green, so I don't want to call out the sponsors just from this year, but but you get the idea. We would have sponsors showcasing what value they could add to Toastmasters, and Toastmasters are often interested in finding out what they have to offer. So this day is going to be filled with good food, recognizing, yeah, rec- recognizing uh, some of our accomplishments uh, and spotlighting the DTMs and the new leaders. And this is also another key thing, um, Angela, because um, our conference is structured in a manner that it's uh, at the tail end of the spring. So this is the time when we would um, be notified of who are the upcoming leaders for the next calendar year or the next Toastmasters year. Mm-hmm. So that's uh we would um, get to learn about and um, you know meet our new leaders and speak to them and hang out with them as well. So fun time overall.
0: Absolutely, Jay. It is a fun time. And as you're talking through it, I remember every detail like, of my 2022 experience, so I'm looking forward to hopefully I'm looking forward to 2023. I yes. am looking forward to it as long as I can attend, yeah. um, and I really do believe in the power of getting together with other Toastmasters and other people, and being in person. Yep, yeah. is really important. I feel if people can make it in person, obviously the virtual is great. Like you said, the comfort of your own home allows more people to participate. So it's really a great experience. I've loved it every single time. I haven't missed one since I went to my first one. So it's something I look forward to every year.
1: Awesome, Ashley. I remember running into you as well and us taking pictures with our keynote speaker and buying his book. Um, This is um, Joe G from Canada. I remember, yeah.
0: Mm, That's awesome. Well, is there anything else you want to mention about CLCon, the the, uh, District 31's Communication Leadership Conference?
1: Absolutely, Angela. At Toastmasters District 31, we have a constant and steady flow of new members. So if you are a new member or a potential member listening to Angela's podcast here, I just want you to know CLCon is a fun event that we put only once a year. So you don't want to miss it. This is a learning opportunity, networking opportunity, getting to spend time with your leaders, as well as just hobnobbing. And I promise you it's gonna be fun. And we are also working with our sponsors to ensure that this year's CLCON fee is gonna be so nominal that we are gonna be sold out the week we are gonna open. So please be on the lookout uh, because as soon as the registrations are released, and and I mean it, Angela, you know this, we've already gotten quite a few sponsors interested and a few more knocking on our doors because they all wanna be our sponsors. And we're just gonna have such a nominal fee which is almost like a namesake fee. So you don't want to miss it.
0: That's amazing. I I love when things are affordable for people. And um, with that, let's wrap up CLCon. And I'd be curious to learn, actually, not me particularly, but I think my listeners, well, I am too, of course, but my listeners would be curious to know who's Jay Carthick outside of
1: Toastmasters. Absolutely. Uh, Toastmasters is a big part of um, a lot of things that I do. I wake up figuring out how to get myself to be a better communicator. And as I'm in the sales job, Angela, I have a huge sales quota and I don't feel like I could easily achieve my targets at work if I don't know customers and don't build a relationship with them. And Toastmasters has helped me do that every step of the way. Mm -hmm. I'm a huge fan of comedy and Boston sports. I try to do a bunch of open mics whenever I can in the Cambridge and Boston area. Pre-COVID, I was pretty much there three or four times a week. But after COVID, I greatly slowed this down, but I want to get back and start doing open mics. And if nobody else gets the joke that I'm cracking, I laugh. And and that is something. And so I want to keep at it, be a a comic whenever I can and um, watch sitcoms. I'll watch a lot of Larry David sitcoms. And um, I'm a big fan of Boston sports, anything Boston. The Bruins, the Sox, the Celtics, Patriots, and the New England Revolution. So if they play, I'll try to catch that in person. And if I can't, I'll just watch it on TV.
0: I think you just rattled off every Boston area sports team.
1: (laughs) Yes, I I think I did.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what you may have missed.
1: (laughs) Right?
0: (laughs) That's awesome. I love that you do stand-up comedy. That's amazing. Did you have you ever entered any contests or anything?
1: Yeah, stand-up? I've entered um, contests. Uh, even at Toastmasters, I've tried to participate in humorous levels, humorous uh, contest, and um, I haven't graduated all the way to the district. That's because my judges and audience perhaps didn't get my jokes. I just got to work on it.
0: <laughs> Blame the audience. I see how you're doing it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Right. So. Um, I think some people have heard your accent like I have. So where's this accent of yours from?
1: This is a thick South Indian accent. Angela, I grew up in um, Chennai and um, areas around Chennai. This is from the southernmost of India, uh, from a state called Tamil Nadu. And um, Tamil is my native tongue. I speak Tamil and uh, you know that's the language I default to when I speak to my folks because um, they don't speak English. And um, as I learned to speak English, I try to sound like the localites here, but, but you can't change who you are, I guess. My son is already um, you know, speaking like everybody else here, and he doesn't seem to have uh, the accent I have. Good for him. But it is what it is. I'm born with it. Um, and I'm probably going to just embrace it and move on.
0: That's awesome. So English is your second language Is my, is what I gathered from that?
1: That is correct, Angela. English is my second language.
0: That's awesome. So you speak Tamil and English. Right. Have you ever given, have you ever spoken Tamil in any of your speeches? And then yes. it for us?
1: Yeah, I, absolutely. There was a single line in Tamil that I used during one of my speeches recently, which basically goes as this. What this basically means is, When you have so much of good tasting fruits to eat, why would you go for either a raw vegetable or a fruit that has already gotten rotten? In a similar manner, when you have all these good words you could use, why do you want to cuss? Why do you want to be aggressive? Why do you want to like throw people down? That was simply it. It's this one line, but it conveys a lot of meaning. So I recently used that during one of my speeches.
0: Oh my God, I love it. I totally love it. That's amazing. I challenge you to use it in future speeches. I think that's amazing. I didn't know what you were saying, obviously, until you translated it, but it sounded cool and it captured my attention.
1: Awesome. Good to so know. I
0: presume it's going to do the same for a lot of my listeners. Excellent. Yeah. So let's take a moment here, flip the tables and let you ask Angela almost anything.
1: And I have been having this one question. You are such a passionate Toastmasters. Like I said, I've seen you at conferences, any kind of regional meetings and Mm -hmm. contests. You support the fellow contestants and whatnot. What motivates you to keep at this? And what motivates you to doing the Talking Toastmasters? Because this is a very successful podcast and I want to tune into it as often as I could. So what motivates you? Ooh.
0: Jay, great questions. What motivates me to stay in Toastmasters and then what motivates me to keep the podcast going? I feel like another guest asked me this not too long ago or maybe on an upcoming episode, but what motivates me is just, I enjoy becoming a better person today than I was yesterday and last month and last year. And 2022 has been a very different year of growth for me than I expected. And stepping down from leadership and Toastmasters and many other areas of my life, personal and professional, Mm -hmm. was definitely intentional and freeing. And it enabled me (laughs) to spend a little more time focusing on my career, on my family and friends, and on my podcast. My business coach and I met this fall, um, Q4. We always meet in Q4 to talk about the next year. And when I mentioned my podcast, he said, I think this is more of your passion project. It is. And then when I met with my dad after, he's like, how much time does it take? I'm like, let's just say four to five hours a month. It could be six or eight hours in one month and two hours another month, but let's just say four to five. I'm like, that's only an hour a week and I enjoy it. Mm -hmm. I get to meet new Toastmasters. I get to learn and better know my fellow Toastmasters in District 31. Any other Toastmaster already know. Um, You know. The other thing is too, well, with the podcast, my cousin William owns Ambiguous Podcast Solutions. William's also my godson. Oh, cool. He goes by well. So it's a way that I get to communicate and stay in touch with Will and put his services to the test, or use his services. And then I can talk about his services. I've already sent a client his way, which is great. That was part of the point for me to be able to talk intelligently about what he does. Right. And then the other thing is back in 2017, the second half of the year was a very, very, very challenging time for me. Very big use of crutch word there. Right. An extremely challenging time. And I knew that I had to sign up for a role and take a role every meeting mm-hmm. and show up. And I even explained that to one of the members of my club. And I said, I need this. Yep. A lot right now because I know when I come to Toastmasters, I'm good for the next 24 to 36 hours. It's a boost, right? And I don't want to chicken out the day before and be like, "Oh, I'm not going. I'm having a rough day." Or the day of, I'm having a rough day. No, you're going. Right. They're expecting you to show up. They're expecting you to be there. So I also credit my my home club of Network Voice and Toastmasters in general for being there for me like that. Ooh, so awesome. that's very important to me, and I love mentoring and being mentored. And I even though I'm taking a break for couple of Toastmasters years from any and all leadership. Um, It's great to see growth in members. It's nice to see new members joining in and stepping up and taking on roles, even if they're not ready to give a speech. It's just really awesome to see how far people come, see what my friends that I made when I first joined in the first three or four years and how they're progressing. It's wonderful. I love it. I'm a very social person and just... All about self improvement and bettering myself personally and professionally.
1: That I know already. Yeah. You're a social butterfly. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks for sharing that. Also, thanks for having me here, Angela. You know, great to reconnect with you.
0: Yeah, likewise. And I know um, we don't cross paths very often, but, you know, I think I remember you being, I think you said you were education co chair one year. And I do remember you being very actively involved, which is why you stuck out in my mind and then we were at a little gathering um, this past summer. And you mentioned you were the conference chair and I said, Oh, I want to interview you for my podcast. This is perfect. I haven't interviewed a conference chair yet.
1: Oh, awesome. The first time, first time for everything. Awesome.
0: Absolutely. I love it. So um, is there um, there any other questions you have for me? Because I have a couple more questions for you.
1: Yeah. yeah. Uh, Go ahead with the questions you have Angela.
0: Okay. Um, So you mentioned DTM a couple of times. Tell us a little bit about that and um, what that means to you.
1: It means a lot. Um, It's almost like the certification and getting recognized that you have put in the time it takes to learn to be a better communicator and leader. DTM stands for Distinguished Toastmaster. And I understand that either one or 2% of worldwide Toastmasters reach this height. And in order to accomplish DTM, which should be a goal for all of the Toastmasters, be it new or otherwise, anybody coming in, have a good shot, fair shot at accomplishing this height. What they would have to do is looking at the modern curriculum, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: one has to complete two full paths. And I should first mention what uh, Pathway is all about. So Toastmasters, as you know, revamped the educational series. They modernized it. There may be folks that are interested in certain aspects of what Toastmaster has to offer, and we don't want to put everybody in a single bucket, uh, which used to be the case in the past, and, and the program was solid too. When I joined Toastmasters, I liked the fact that there was a manual called CC, competent communicator manual, which basically talks about all of the fundamental things one would have to be good at in order to be a seasoned speaker. That's all great, but sometimes we want to pivot to motivating others or engaging in humor or whatever one chooses to do both, so uh, toastmasters has come up with these 11 or 12 different paths 11 i believe is the current number and one would have to complete two full paths as well as take on some leadership role at the district level not necessarily district but it could be at the area or the division level as well and Not But not least, uh, last but not least, one could also uh, be given the opportunity to do some high leadership projects Mm -hmm. besides an additional thing that is just escaping my mind right now. So two paths, leadership position, high impact project, as well as, yes, I found the last one came to me, one would have to either coach or mentor a club. And I've been a mentor of a new club and it was a very rewarding experience, um, Angela. Uh, This club had very few members and um, we just put a nice program and structure. And when you have quality program, members will come. Like they say, build the road, cars will come. And in a similar fashion, we just kept at it. And that club is thriving. It's in Cambridge, Massachusetts. I ended up being a member with them briefly as well, Tragic Comedy. And And I mentioned this because This is a club, if somebody wants to just have a good evening because they meet on a weekly basis, Thursday evenings, a huge shout out to them for doing it week in and week out and also ensuring that they start and end on time, 8 p.m. to 9 p.m., not a minute longer or not a minute earlier, right? And they do it in a very efficient manner. This was a club that I mentored and this was part of me getting my DTM. So once again, if you're a new member, it might sound... Daunting, but it's not because as you finish your two paths, you're already going to be a seasoned communicator and leader. In addition to that, you're just going to put to practice what you have learned by giving back some leadership time, taking on area or division lead roles. You're going to do a high-impact project and you're going to coach or mentor a club. Because at Toastmasters, we oftentimes have opportunities to coach and mentor others, but now this is just a supersized mentorship because you're not mentoring. An individual but you're mentoring a club
0: right and i think is a ylp or speech craft or sponsor club the other portion yeah
1: the, the, that that is correct <laughs> uh, oh my god i'm so sorry i missed that i did uh, no no
0: no because i was like there's a sponsor club there's youth leadership and then there's something else and i forgot what it was until i just opened it up. Far on,
1: far on. I, i've done my fair share of uh, sponsoring and hosting ylp as well and for Our um, listeners who uh, may not be familiar with what YLP is, YLP stands for Youth Leadership Program, and uh, Toastmasters understands the importance of not having to wait for somebody to grow up and then learn the virtues of communication and leadership. We wanna impart knowledge when they're still in school. So anybody that is not legally allowed to join the grown grown-ups Toastmasters Club can still be trained through this youth leadership program. And a Toastmaster, could just put a curriculum based on uh, what Toastmasters is prescribing and bring a bunch of kids. It could be anything from 6 to 12, maybe all the way up to 20, but you bring all these students together and run a Toastmasters meeting and they uh, reap the benefit of Toastmasters right when they are at school.
0: That is awesome. So Toastmasters, in order to officially join a Toastmasters club, you need to be 18 years old, Correct. essentially. Yeah. Right. So, youth leadership is kind of like the junior version, getting them warmed up and primed for when they're 18. Right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, what paths have you completed, Jay? And what have been, um, what's been a favorite project in each path?
1: Yeah. um, The two paths that I had picked were dynamic leadership needed for my day job and engaging humor, which is my, passion project and the passion uh, path. Like I said, Angela, I love comedy and engaging in humor and taking on some of these projects along the way as you complete this path forces you to connect with your audience and tell stories in a very engaging manner and keeping your audience glued in, catching their attention. All of those things were like essential projects as part of engaging humor. And because I was already doing open mics, I try to bring the best of what I've learned in open mics to um, the speeches I make at clubs. And I tell people to unmute. It's OK to hear everybody, because that's what happens at an open mic. People would laugh. People may snigger. People <laughs> you know may even try to interrupt. Uh, but, but let's create that uh, real scenario here. Uh, and so instead of having um, speakers listen to uh, by having audience mute themselves, I just say, Unmute because I wanna see if you hear or chuckle because if you don't, then my jokes are not landing. So that is a path engaging humor that I like the most. And um, yeah, I feel like I've gotten quite a few Toastmasters to laugh because one thing I feel like um, I, in fact, um, I say this offline, if we can get Toastmasters to laugh, we could pretty much get everybody else to laugh. And I say this <laughs> yeah. because we're all so focused on being very refined and we may even feel like um, if we laugh at something, it could be taken in a um, condescending manner or um, yeah. you know disrespectful or whatever. So people are generally very very supporting and they don't laugh. But I want Toastmasters to laugh, and I and whenever I uh, you know try to crack a joke or uh, try to make a speech from engaging humor path.
0: Nice. So where do you see yourself in Toastmasters in three year, three years?
1: I want to continue to doing what I'm doing. Uh, right now, Angela, you know, help the district in any which way possible. I have spent some time as an area director and that experience was very rewarding, but I want to go back to the basics, go back to the roots and try to take on leadership position at a club level because I get a lot more flexibility from a timing perspective, but this would also make sure that anybody newly coming in, I would work with them and um, try to see if I can be a good role model, Toastmaster, or a mentor, uh, if they choose uh, to have me as a mentor.
0: That's amazing. I love that. So I've got, you're going to help the district. You're going to go back to the basics and roots, join club leadership, and mentor new members. Now, have you completed the Pathways Mentorship Program?
1: Not yet. No, I haven't done that yet.
0: There you go. That's uh, a challenge for you. That's something you could uh, work on because you need to mentor one or two members
1: in order to do that. Excellent, I'll do that, yeah.
0: That would be amazing. Is there anything you else you wanna tell the listeners about Toastmasters or Jay Karthik or District 31 or C Alcon?
1: Sure thing, yeah, uh, for our guests that are non-members, you know, you don't have to commit to anything. I strongly encourage you to just show up as a guest at one, two, maybe th- three different club meetings because each club, within our district has their own personal brand and DNA. One meet early morning on Saturdays and they're like a chill, relaxed club. Uh, While we follow the curriculum, we are not like gonna insist on dotting every single I. There are clubs that are run like a tight ship. There are clubs that focus on comedy. There are all kinds of clubs, clubs that focus on giving feedback more than even uh, the importance placed on the speeches. So just, Give it a shot, attend a few different uh, club meetings and I'm sure you might like one if not more than one and you could join them. Again, the fees of Toastmasters is not all that expensive, very affordable. And I've taken some professional training courses to be better communicator and I feel like Toastmasters is a very tiny fraction of what some of these other institutions charge. So I certainly want to highlight that if somebody listening in is not a member. And uh, no, that's basically it. Yeah, CLCon is not only for members. Non-members can also join this, have fun, and um, you know have a way to uh, mingle with others. Uh, we're all generally, when I look at Toastmasters, they're all either growth-oriented people with growth mindset. They've already accomplished quite a bit in life, or They are in the process of accomplishing something big in life. And one way or the other, you know, if you're a non-member, you want to surround yourself with folks like this that are very positive. So I strongly encourage non-members listening to this to give CLCON a shot as well, Angela. That's basically all I had. I've thoroughly enjoyed this, um, you know, 45 minutes or so that I uh, got to, um, you know, spend with you. Really, really appreciate it. Thanks a ton for having me and please Keep doing this. And I want to get some of my friends interested in uh, your podcast as well, Angela.
0: Why, thank you so much for being with me today, Jay, and uh, educating my listeners about CLCon, Jay Karthik, and uh, District 31. So you heard it here, folks. Check out CLCon. Go check out a couple of different clubs and be around positive people.
1: Great. Great way to wrap it up. Thanks again, Angela. You're
0: welcome. Thank you. This podcast episode is sponsored in part by District 31 Toastmasters, serving Eastern Massachusetts, USA, and Rhode Island, USA. District 31 helps Toastmasters become better communicators and leaders. Learn how District 31 Toastmasters can help you become a more powerful speaker and impactful leader by visiting district31.org slash talkingtoastmasters. Thank you for listening to Talking Toastmasters with Angela Us. Please like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash talkingtoastmasters and subscribe at ambiguouspodcastsolutions.com slash Toastmasters. Talking Toastmasters is produced and hosted by Ambiguous Podcast Solutions.